Friends, we gather together today for worship from our various homes, knowing that God's Spirit connects us and joins us together. May we join together in this time of worship. For our different events happening throughout the week online, please see our weekend emails or contact the church office. As we gather to worship together today, we recognize that we gather on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, Anishinaabawaki nations. We are in the middle of the land covered by Treaty 45 and a half. And we pray that God may ever lead us in right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship. I invite you to join with me in our call to worship and our opening prayer. We have gathered to worship God. 
We have come seeking comfort, inspiration, community, and insight. We have come to open ourselves to the power of God's presence in our midst. We have come to offer up the seasons and the turnings of our lives and ask God's help in our learning and in our growing. Friends, let us pray. Wondrous God, you touch our lives with healing and with justice. New life is your gift. We praise you for the good news which is ours through Jesus Christ. May this time of worship nourish us with your promise of meaning and purpose. May we be empowered to carry your goodness into the coming week. We pray in the name of Jesus, our source and savior. Amen. Good morning. In the minute for mission this morning is entitled Haiti, how your generosity is helping. Mission and service partners have been working hard to respond to the emergency. Last August the 14th, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake struck southwestern Haiti. This disaster killed at least 2,248 people and injured more than 12,700. It destroyed buildings and infrastructure, impacting hundreds of thousands of people. Days later, Tropical Storm Grace compounded the situation, bringing heavy rains that triggered mudslides. Since the earthquake, a severe fuel shortage, growing insecurity, and increasing water shortages have hampered efforts to restore basic services to thousands in need across the country. In the five months since the earthquake struck, Mission and Service Partners have been working hard to respond to this emergency. Through them, your generous gifts to the Haiti Emergency Appeal is helping people rebuild their lives. Your support has provided medical supplies and first aid kits, water treatment tablets, temporary shelters, food packages of rice, beans, and cooking oil, tools, seeds, and livestock for family and farmers, hygienic sanitation services, access to safe water for drinking, cooking, and personal hygiene, rehabilitated or reconstructed earthquake and hurricane-resistant houses, psychological support. This list consists mostly of things. Imagine their impact on people, on families, like yours. Imagine what it means when your life has been turned upside down to have a place to turn to for a meal, somewhere to lay your head, and later to have support to rebuild your home and someone in your life to talk to about what you have been through. This is the difference your generosity has made. Thank you for caring. This morning's scripture reading is from John 2, verses 1 to 11. Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stones up water jars. 
the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which the, he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Thanks be to God. Too late. 
first and when people are drunk bring out the cheap stuff but you kept the good wine until now may you hear the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God I pointed towards the picture sitting in an important place on Barb's desk She had just been talking about her family, so I made a guess at who it was. Is that your husband, I asked. Barb smiled and lifted up the picture and said, no. Barb lived in the hospital in the long-term care section of the hospital in New Liskert, a community I used to serve. The hospital did not have a chaplain, so various ministers from the ministerial took turns going in and visiting the people who lived there. One of the people that I remember fondly visiting was Barb. Now, I've talked about Barb before. Barb was an Anishinaabe woman from Tomogamy First Nations, and she had been living, by the time I met her, at the hospital for several years. It was during one of my first visits with Barb that I asked her about the picture sitting on her desk. Barb picked up the picture and showed it to me, and she told me that this wasn't her husband. The man in the photo was someone else very important to her. It was one of her important elders. When Barb began learning more about her indigenous identity, later in life, and when she decided to dig deeper into her spirituality and traditional teachings, this man was Barb's mentor. She kept his photo in an important place, a place where she would see it regularly, to remind herself of the important part that he played in her life, the teachings that he shared, and the life and faith that he inspired her to live. Mentors, elders, 
role models. They all teach us and they all inspire us to live towards our full potential. They not only see who we are, but see who we can be. So I wonder if you were to place photos of some of your important people in your life, in important places in your home, who would those photos be of? Think about their names. Say the, the name out loud if you want. If you can, remember what they look like. What did they inspire in you? How is your life different for having known them? We give thanks to God for all these people who inspire us and lead us. The party is over. The wine has run out. Jesus, his mother, and his very new disciples are at a wedding feast in Canaan, Cana. Now in Jesus' society, weddings often were followed by a feast held by the couple to celebrate the joy of the occasion. We're used to that, but in Jesus' time, it was very different. The, the celebration didn't just last a couple of hours like we're used to. It lasted a whole week. A week of celebration, of food and wine, of experiencing the joy. But three days into this week-long celebration, there is a problem. The wine runs out. This doesn't sound like much of a problem for us. If you are at a wedding reception and the alcohol runs out, well, people would still celebrate, I hope. It may be a little embarrassing, but we'd all get over it. However, Jesus lived in a very different time than ours. In Jesus' time, one's honor was very important, was crucial. It is shameful to run out of wine at this celebration. It is an embarrassment. What will other people think of the couple? How will this affect their standing in society? Wine is also symbolic in this holy story. It's a symbol of celebration and of life. Running out of wine threatens to shut down the party. No more wine, the couple is shamed. The celebration is over. The guests will soon go home. Our faith, our discipleship, can bring with it tremendous joys, deep moments of holy ecstasy where the world and our lives seem to shine extra bright, where we see all that is around us as God-illuminated, God-infused, these are moments of wonder and celebration as we gather for worship, celebrating the holiness of the ordinary days and the sacredness of special occasions like weddings, baptisms, and funerals. There is a sacredness in those moments, in the moments of difficulty where we can feel our faith carrying us through the hard times. But most of us know that our faith, that our discipleship, also brings 
very difficult moments. Jesus' new followers celebrating at the wedding will soon learn as we learn time and time again that discipleship also draws us into life's painful places. How do we respond? How do we respond in the midst of hardship, of uncertainty, of loss, of a pandemic? How do we respond in moments of fear, pain, or disaster? How do we come face to face with our own pain, suffering, and brokenness, let alone stand alongside others in these difficult places? This is a very difficult and not always fully acknowledged reality of being disciples of Christ, people who follow in the way of Jesus. Discipleship brings with it suffering as we enter our own pain and as we enter the brokenness and pain of others. How do we respond? Do we pull down the party tents, pack it all in because the wine of good times has run out? Do we ignore the fact of suffering, denying its sting, drinking the water, pretending it is wine as if there is no problem around us or no struggle within us? When discipleship leads us out of the times of wine and celebration, out of the times of peace and joy and into the places of absence and suffering. How do we respond? The gospel continues, out of scarcity comes abundance. Jesus' mother, we're told in the story, seeing the scarcity acts. Jesus orders that the large jars that would have been used for the purification rituals be filled with water. Now these jars would hold 75 to 115 liters of water each. When the water is tasted, it has become the finest of wines, we hear. Wine, an important, ancient, powerful religious symbol of God's abundant love and joy is found on the other side of the scarcity. The stewards, not knowing what has just happened, call over and say to the groom, most people serve the good wine first, and then when people are drunk, bring out the cheap stuff. But you kept the good wine until now. When the wine runs out, and the couple are about to face shame and ridicule. When the party is about to end, in the face of scarcity, God's abundance is found. There's much more to the story. New Testament scholars John Dominic Crossan and Marcus Borg point out that the story of the wedding of Cana is not really about a wedding or about Jesus' power to perform miracles. Carefully and skillfully, they write, the Gospel of John is offering us a parable. It's a parable that needs to be told right there at the beginning of the Gospel, right after the calling of the first disciples. It is to be heard before the stories of Jesus and the disciples going out and living their holy ministry. 
before the celebrations and the hardships, before touching the pain and suffering with healing, before the standing up to power and being rejected, abused, before Jesus will be arrested, crucified, and killed, these words need to be heard. But you have kept the best wine until the end. Jump to the end, the author of the Gospel of John proclaims, and read the whole Gospel in light of the end of the story. After three days, when the celebration seems to be lost, the miraculous good wine appears. After three days of death and grief, resurrection happens. With, when the wine seems to have run out, the best is served. Resurrection, new wine is brought out. The audience of the Gospel of John is being invited to see the gospel, to see life in the light of the resurrection and to allow the resurrection to shape how we read the story and how we live our life. How do we respond to the brokenness and suffering that our faith leads us to come face to face with? Our gospel reading today invites us to keep an eye on the best wine that is served at the end, to keep an eye on the resurrection. When we really trust that God is working to bring healing and wholeness to all creation, then amazing things happen. With an eye on the resurrection, we can dare hold our own brokenness and suffering, hold it, heal it, and release it, knowing that God is leading us towards healing and redemption. When we encounter another person suffering, we can stand alongside them with deep compassion, not being overwhelmed by their pain, but being a healing presence, knowing that God works through all of us to share healing and wholeness with this world. In the light of resurrection, we can face the injustices of life with a vision, with the vision that God dreams, with the vision that God dreams more for all people and all creation than the brokenness that is so much part of everyday life. When we trust that resurrection happens each and every day, we can dare to proclaim that we are all part of the body of Christ, the hand and feet of Christ, in whom God brings healing, wholeness, justice, and renewed life for all. We just need to look towards the life that Jesus showed us. We look towards the promise of healing, wholeness, and renewed living that God promises, that the resurrection proclaims. Resurrection is often lived towards in very simple, everyday ways. It's the neighbor who welcomes their child's friends to stay for supper because he knows that she doesn't receive the kindness and support she needs at home. It's the widow who offers a listening ear and words of experience to the person who just lost their partner, helping them to learn there can be more life beyond the intense grief that they are living. 
Resurrection is lived towards in the extra items placed in shopping carts for the food bank and the dream that one day all will have enough to eat. It's the coaching or educator, the teacher, the parent, the mentor. It's the vision that each child, youth, young adult is filled with countless potential. Resurrection is found in the person doing their job who is tired, but who finds the strength to meet the difficult customer, patient, client, co-worker with kindness, seeing that this person is also a beloved of God and believing that compassion may just bring some healing to that person's life. Resurrection is found in the one who shows love and compassion as they listen, care, support those who are struggling because of this pandemic and those who role model to others that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be in need, and it's okay to reach out for help and support. Where do you experience the new and renewed life of Christ? Where do you experience resurrection? And who reveals it to you? Friends, come. Let us be inspired by the promise of our faith. Let us taste the good wine, the abundance and blessing. Let us keep an eye on the resurrection that, that God is always leading us towards. Friends, may we live towards this holy promise and see what amazing things God is doing through you and through me. Amen. Let it be so. Friends, let us offer our prayers to God who welcomes all in love. Let us pray for the good of the church and the concerns of those in need. Let us pray. O perfect light of revelation, as you shone in the life of Jesus, whose epiphany we celebrate, so shine in us and through us, that we may become beacons of truth and compassion, enlightening all creation with deeds of justice and mercy. Thank you, God, for filling our lives and world with so many good things. Help us to remain ever mindful of the blessings of life. We give you thanks for all who mentor us, who teach us, who inspire us, for all who show us the fullness of life we can live and help us to dream big. We give you thanks for the ways in which you empower us to be mentors to those around us. We give you thanks, O oh God, for all the gifts of time, talent, love, food, prayer, and money that we share with our church, with our community and our world through our local offering, our local mission projects, and the Mission Service Fund. Bless these and all the gifts that we share and guide their use. O oh God, we join with other communities of faith throughout our regional council as we pray for Drayton United Church and their minister, Mark Laird. Continue, O oh God, to bless their ministry. We pray for our church as we worship from home. Help us to feel one another's presence, even over this distance. 
Help us, O God, to stay connected as we reach out to one another for mutual support. We pray for those who are working from home. We pray for educators, school staff, and students. We pray for all frontline workers and all who need to continue to work in public settings during this time. We pray for all who are in hospital, for those awaiting surgery, for those whose surgeries have been canceled, for all who are sick, for all who are dying, for friends and family and caregivers. We pray, O oh God, for all who are struggling during this pandemic. We pray for all who have been infected and those who are self-isolating. We pray for healthcare providers, hospital staff, support workers, families, friends, and caregivers. We pray for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health, for our provincial government as they set policy and guide us through this time, for those helping to administer the vaccinations and those making sure that no country is left behind. From the World Council of Churches prayer cycle, we pray for the people of Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates, and Yemen. God of every land and nation, you have created all people, and you dwell among us in Jesus Christ. Listen to the cries of those who pray to you, and grant that as we proclaim the greatness of your name, all people will know the power of love at work in this world. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord, as we offer our individual prayers to you now. Hear our prayers. And together, we pray the prayer of Jesus. And I invite you to use whichever language and version is most meaningful to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Friends, as we conclude this time of worship, may we know that God is always with us. May we feel God's love and care strengthen us for discipleship, healing us that we may be a healing presence in this world. Friends, may we see the face of Christ in everyone we meet, and may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us. Let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen.